I'm bored, I said, as I sat there fiddling with something in my lap. And my mom looks back at me and she says, boredom is a state of a lazy mind. Get unbored. And she turned back around and kept doing what she what she was doing. And I sat there puzzled. <laughs> and I was like trying to turn it over in my adolescent mind of what does she mean by it's a state of a lazy mind? Well, that's one of the things that I'm going to be exploring today on our podcast. This is Michelle Spive, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So continue on listening after the flip, and I will see you there. We were waiting in somebody's waiting room for something that I was bored about. Yeah, that was the situation. I was a kid and um, I had to go with my mom. Now I need to set this up right. I grew up, uh, you know, that generation before this one where if you got an opportunity to not have to stay in the car or wait at home for your parents to do what they needed to do, it was a treat in and of itself. But for some reason on that particular day and that particular way, I let it slip. I'm bored. And instead of the dressing down that I could have received, I simply got a pithy statement from my mom, you know, saying, well, that's on you. And that was the the norm with, with my mom. And I know it was part of her personality, part of her training and her work. She was always... Um, challenging us to be more, to to be more involved, more responsible, whatever you want to call it, of our own selves. She had statements like, your decisions should never, ever, (laughs) I'm, I'm channeling her right now, but anyway, she said, your decisions should never, ever cause anyone else to have to sacrifice stress or, uh, change their lives in any way to help you achieve your decisions. And this was told to me frequently growing up. It helped to shape the way I approached relationships, how I approached decisions that I would make for myself, for my business, for my um, fun, for my health. Uh, so much so that I remember in um, relationships, um, you know, what teenager tells their boyfriend that um, your happiness is not my job and vice versa and sitting there looking at this poor guy and he's looking at me like what you know yeah it it was really something um but you know that is for another day (laughs) let me get back on this boredom thing um so like I said I don't really remember exactly what we were waiting for but it was something that I didn't want to be there for and it seemed like it was taking forever so I'm sitting here puzzling my mind um, on what she's talking about. Now, it would be many years after that, that I finally got a way to succinctly put it in order, the process that she was teaching me to go through. And she was a product of her mother, who was my grandmother, my beloved grandmother, who who would say the same thing. So my mother would she wouldn't mimic and she wouldn't parrot her mother but she taught us the way her mother taught her and that was that boredom or the the feeling of aimlessness is simply and I don't like to use that word I apologize you guys is a product of a 
wayward, unconfined, or not unconfined, uh, but a wayward, um, untethered thinking process. Meaning that some kind of way I've changed positions with my mind's power to let it overpower me. And working through that um, as a kid and, and up into adulthood and still today, I started to figure out things here and there about how to combat boredom. And I don't even know that I want to say that it's a combative relationship as much as it is an invitation to go further, farther, I always get that, that one wrong. So apologize, you guys, but to, to go past where I needed to be. Um, I remember, and I don't know why it's coming up with this particular memory, but I remember, uh, my mom doing things, um, where <laughs> it when I tell people about the stories of growing up with her, people are like, your mom was different. So like, for instance, um, she had six children. And even though, you know, she was a, a professional woman with great education, she was also uh, a black African-American woman. I'm just trying to put them all in there. So whatever generation you're used to, you know what I'm talking about. But she was a, a, a black female growing up and working in the South of the United States. And this is way before the contemporary times that we have right now. Um, but it was still in the times where it was corporately acceptable for women to work and even to, to get promotions. And so for her, the fact that her kid would tell her she's bored uh, sem- seemed like a luxury uh, for for a time and a place and a person that was, didn't have that luxury. And so she, through her ways of showing and doing and stuff, she always encouraged us to um, overcome melancholy, overcome those times when the brain wants to be aimless and, and wants you to hop about and, and do stuff to appease it and not to become, uh, subjected by it. Uh, and this, 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 um, this thought that I have that that's, uh, paired with a quote-unquote I'm bored situation was such that like I said she had six kids money was tight even though you know she worked and had a professional white collar um, position as a director of a a service I don't want to go all into that but anyway she worked Um, but it was still tight and instead of at this time this was during the time when um, Walt Disney was quote-unquote opening the vaults of their classic movies so um, that they could put them in the in the theaters for a limited time release and it would really work well with this uh, with this supply um a scarcity situation that they were building well my mom being the uh intrepid person that she was instead of trying to figure out how she was going to take six kids to see every freaking disney movie coming out of these vaults and them trying to tell her when um she could um you know the time frame that she had to do this she subscribed us to uh it was a reading reading club and so what they would do is they would take the highlights of the story of the of the movie and they would put it into a little book picture book with words but it's still a book and we would get those so we would get a certain amount of them each month and that's what she would tell us look read that book it's the same as it's the cliff notes and that's at the time cliff notes were um 
our equivalent of, of crib notes today. Uh, so she said, it's a Cliff Notes version of the movie. You're going to get the same thing. The pictures are in there. You know, that's what you'll see on the screen. And that's what we use. And she encouraged us to use our imaginations as we um, interacted with this medium. Now, I think I've mentioned this before, but I inherited, inherited my uh, voracious uh, need for for uh, information and reading through my mother and my grandmother and she taught us to love the art of reading but that's still not uh, all of the part of learning how to not be bored and and all of that and so today I really kind of want to talk about this thing that it took me years to discover and yeah in a book and I want to give proper attribution um, I I want to say that the first time I heard the concept not heard but read the concept was when I was going through Robert McKee's uh, story uh, trying to teach myself how to how to better structure story and it hit me because I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this and, and grappling with it on how to write uh, convincing character and uh, taking people through the the um, mystery thriller suspense uh, how to engage a person to continue to get value out of a scene and all of that and I and in and, and my mind as it is want to do wandered off and I started figuring out and and sliding into place that this is a succinct way of understanding how my mother approached uh how she raised her kids um when we were growing up, it, this was <clears throat> at the beginning of the attention deficit disorder and, and um, ADHDH, excuse me, I have to slow down up to say these acronyms. Um, and and so my, my brothers, of course, they were trying to tell her this. Now, my mom is a child sociologist. She had the privilege, I'm going to say, of working with the mentally challenged and all types of uh, disorders, everything from PICA to um, uh, savants to um, um, Prader-Willi, you, you name it, all these different disorders. And so for her, she was of, of the uh, mind, thank goodness, that just because you say it's one thing, that does not mean that it is that one thing for every person. And um, so in her world and in her way, she was um, she was not an allopathic uh, proponent. She did not like always trying to solve something with meds. And of course, that's what the, the hottest new thing was. Put your kid on Ritalin, put your kid on meds, you know, and um, subdue them. I think she may have tried it one time with one of my brothers and she quickly took him off of it. And she was like, I'm going to follow my own mind. And thus she started us on this path of this process that I would later read in a book as an adult and seeing that my mother did this to help us. And that was this process of curiosity and concern. Now, I've talked about curiosity in that I, um, it's not a prideful thing. It, it just is what it is. And I, I try to feed and um, sharpen um, and hone my skills and my abilities for high curiosity. You know, in my world, and shout out to Brandon Sanderson, one of my favorite authors, he wrote in uh, one of the uh, foundational book series of his um, that, um, that there's always another secret. And that, that just always reverberates with me because that's like the clarion call for curiosity. 
secrets oh yes we like secrets <laughs> and so you know continuing to unravel them so what she would do after you know she had made it clear to me that boredom was a state of mind that I had the power over she started to get us on the road of curiosity curiosity but much more so concern and let me tell you how this works now curiosity and concern in in the writing game is one thing but in the real world game it's another so this is my take on um the relationship between curiosity and concern and how i i believe they should work together now they can stand alone and they have their purposes alone but my take on how they work really well to keep our our minds engaged in this life we lead. And I say that because um, I know that down the rabbit trail of a bad day turning into a few bad days, I can get apathetic and aimless real fast. And so this has boded me well through the years. And I want to share it with you guys because I think it's so important now. So curiosity and concern curiosity of course curiosity you can call it nosiness inquisitiveness you, you can call it um the adventurers um eat it uh you can even call it wanderlust if you want to you know that person that just can't sit still always gotta move gotta know more gotta do more gotta go further or whatever um but curiosity is that mechanism within us that keeps us wanting to move forward to solve something it is all about outcome now that part does come from robert mckee so curiosity is always on a linear path to get us towards an outcome. It is part of that connected looping in our brains that wants us to solve the problem, that ha- um, wants to close the loops of curiosity um, as we encounter things. Uh, curiosity is that ingredient that keeps us engaged um, in the world on a path of discovery. Now, here is where its sister or twin on the other side, remember duality, the other side of the coin, uh, comes in and that is concern. Concern is not just an outward thing. The first time I uh, encountered the, these concepts of curiosity and concern and how to play with them like gauges on an equalizer, I assumed Right, wrongfully so, that curiosity was an external or an outward projection of an emotion towards something. And that's that can be true, but it is not um, holistically true. Curiosity is what propels us forward to discover and, and um, to be interested in. Curiosity is not necessarily about us solving anything. It can be. But it's about us being in, you know, being involved to continue. Now, concern can be outward, it can be inward, and it can be both. What I have grappled with since learning this concept and looking back over the life lessons that I had to get to exist in my family and to exist in this world, um, to be a, you know, a, a viable citizen to to do my part, if you will, was I had to start to understand how I could better use concern. And the reason why I say that is, um, I don't, I'm, however you want to say it, I, um, am very aware of my, um, stance on things. Um, 
I know I feel deeply, but a lot of times people are like, you're cold, you're detached, you're, you're this, you're that. Uh, that didn't move you. That puppy didn't make you smile. And it's not that I'm being mean. It's it's just that I um, orient a little differently from how others might see stuff. And uh, like I said, I feel deeply, um, but that feeling might not necessarily outwardly show. And it was the concern part of this this premise that really helped me to get a um, um, a grip on the reins of this wild horse of uh, concept racing through my life. So going back to the the boredom thing that my mother talked about when we were growing up, she was like, "It's not enough to find things to appease you." She said, "You need to find stuff you care about." Now. The finding stuff that appeases you is the part of the, the, the concept that involves curiosity. Curiosity is kind of like what snatches or grabs your attention. It's what gets you interested in something. But curiosity in and of itself uh, does not necessarily guarantee that it will keep you interested. And so a lot of um, curiosity fizzles out because either boredom takes over again. Um, if so, for instance, if the appeasement wanes or if it uh, doesn't have enough variety in it and you're only operating with curiosity, you will start to look for something else. And so, like I said, I don't remember exactly what I had in my hand. Um, you know how your parents, well, I'm going to say you know how, but I'm assuming uh, your parents have to take you somewhere and they tell you, grab something, grab one thing that you can use to keep yourself quiet while we have to go wherever it was I was going. And whatever that thing was that I had grabbed, it was not holding my curiosity. And uh, thus I was quote unquote bored. When my mom was like, Basically, your boredom is not my job. <laughs> it is yours because it is a sign of a lazy mind. So get unlazy. I had to figure it out. And remember, I told you in my child's mind, I'm mar. This this concept is marbling around. What does she mean? What you know? And thus, by her simply saying something like that, I enacted the other part of the process, which was concern. I became concerned about what she meant. I became concerned about the fact that my mother was a little displeased with me uh, for not being mentally stout enough to not be bored. And so in that, I immediately, unconsciously, to me, you know, but immediately enacted the other side of the equation to have concern. Now, concern is also when we care, when uh, we have empathy for others or when we have an engagement with our own selves to keep going. And so concern is not about propelling anything or whatever. Concern is all about um creating interest in something uh igniting that 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 um spark of whatever it is that gets us interested concern can be attraction you know um have you ever had a relationship where you found someone very interesting and delightful and you wanted to explore more thus you know let's go do something that's curiosity. You sit down and you start discussing and learning more about each other. But what keeps you there or what gets you to the point where you're like, I'm bored, I'm ready to move on is the concern factor. 
you know, like I said before, curiosity is not interested in the facts of something. It is interested in solving and getting to an outcome of something to discover something new. Whereas that concern is all about creating interest. It is all about um, producing um, a tether between people. It is about the connection. You can call it empathy, sometimes sympathy, but more so empathy, uh, where you're able to have that connection of a shared understanding. And thus, those things together keep us moving forward looking always looking for the next secret and always finding a way to engage our minds so that the, our minds do not become listless aimless uh, or bored and being able to encapsulate that based on the experience I had with my mother's um, stance on what was our job <laughs> and other things you know she would say things she would use the word creativity but she would say things like uh boredom ignites the the mother of necessity you know we would tell her why you know and, and i learned quickly because I, I had this situation where I, I i thought my mom was the coolest person i just loved her personality i didn't know my mom was a um an outlier in her quirks and the way she saw life i just knew she was a cool person and i really wanted her to like me not understanding as a kid my mother loved me and she liked me you know it was just how you know she was i mean she was brilliant funny whatever you want to call it um but so i wanted wanted to appease her I wanted to make her smile and happy and when she would say things like this it was a challenge to do that to be more to uh, grow and become um, the ideal of what she saw in her child and um, so when she would say things like uh, you know about the boredom stuff it stuck with me not so much for some of my siblings who would always wail I'm bored and they knew my mother was going to be like that's not my problem figure it out find a way to be unbored and she then you know like I said she would say if you're bored and you have something figure out a new way to play with it figure out a new way to make it amuse you and what she was doing was like I said in her way feeding our curiosity while imploring demanding calling forth beseeching however you want to say it engaging activating our concern and that goes into something else that um, another concept that um, I'm probably going to talk about by itself because it takes so much time but maybe yeah that's what I'll do this will be a primer to that that particular podcast so I can just give it um, some some really good good um, setup here Um, I've talked about uh my uh love of of colors markers i've talked about um in an episode where my grandmother got me started on logic puzzles and how those logic puzzles really helped me to um develop a thinker's mind um where the logic puzzles helped me to start uh, compartmentalizing and creating different synapses than i would have if i had not been challenged this part of interacting with my mother to find activities that could be self-contained, uh, not demand that somebody else play with me for me to get excited and be self-sufficient in maintaining or squashing my uh, boredom. I'm going to say that these were the practical applications to those theoretical uh, understandings that I was getting in my brain. So where 
I was learning how to think. My mother was teaching me how to do according to that thinking. And she was using unknowingly, maybe, because I don't think my mother knew about curiosity and concern at the time, but she was using um, those. I kind of looked at them as the stick and the reward, you know, the stick of um, it's your job to make sure that you are not bored. And the reward was um, after you are successfully engaging your curiosity and concern, you get a reward of joy, of uh, entertainment, of so many different things. And, you know, that that also brings about um, understanding the wisdom in this, how wisdom can smack us in so many different ways to uh, say, ah, I see, you know, it's to me, it's all interconnected. It really is. And I believe that a lot of times we will have things that come back and confirm stuff for us so that we get a better, a deeper, a broader, or however you want to talk about it, understanding of a concept that is uh, needful. Now, when I'm talking about curiosity, curiosity is uh, something that I have already said in previous episodes, everyone needs to up their curiosity game. You just do. You, you have to update, uh, up, up it uh, or get left behind. There is uh, a, a push now for people to push past the habit of being externally stimulated And when my mother was saying, you know, boredom is a state of a lazy mind and uh, doing things to help us to figure out and giving us guidance, feedback, however you want to, you know, say a reinforcing good behaviors that she wanted out of us. She was teaching us how to um, take ownership or, you know, own our uh, thoughts about boredom. And she was also teaching us how to figure out through what we did, what we thought, what we saw, what we took in, uh, how to manage the process of seeing things differently, seeing things in a fresh way. I mean, I learned to respect, uh, um, what you call it, um, cooking. Yeah. You know, my grandmother was a cook. I mean, that lady could cook her butt off. My mother was a proficient cook. You know, she her stuff tasted okay. It was just she was not in she was not curious about it. Whereas my grandmother had curiosity and concern. Part of her love language was through her cooking. And and so on those days when there was nothing really going on, um, my grandmother had no problems with us sitting at the little um little island bar whatever you want to call it in the kitchen and watch her as she would cook stuff she would give us life wisdoms she would answer questions she would engage us in funny stuff and we would have a grand old time um so you know i take take that and i look at what it means to have curiosity and concern now concern again like i was saying concern is about creating interest and it's not just where it is inward or outward. So you can have concern from someone else that creates an interest in you to keep being around them or want to continue to be around them. But you can also flip that and do the same for yourself. I have found that a lot of times my uh, saving ability to keep myself from spiraling into the dark void was to initiate, activate, or reignite a concern for an aspect of myself that I could deal with at at that time. Um, (laughs) This right here is 
one of the most powerful things that my mother um, did for us. And, and, and it's, I'm actually just getting the epiphany right now as I'm talking to you guys about this. But she used to talk about the difference between what and why. And she would always say, when you ask why, you'll never find the answer. But if you ask what, you'll find the answer. And so why to me is always just a state of being kind of thing. Uh, and I'm going to talk, like I said, I'm going to talk about that in another um, podcast and just really kind of go through that. But I wanted to mention it here because as I'm looking um, back through memory lane and all of these wisdom spikes I've gotten over the years and how my parents' teachings of it's your job and your power and your sovereignty of mind to not be bored how you can use curiosity to keep you moving or propelling forward or advancing. It might be forward, it might be up, it might be down, but whatever it is, you're advancing in some direction. And to keep you interested and engaged, to keep you caring about it, to keep you figuring out new ways to find a way to like it, there is the concern. Um, I was... uh, doing uh, some premarital counseling years ago as a counselor and therapist for a nonprofit. And so we would see couples who wanted to use the facilities of um, this mega church where I was helping out, uh, not helping out, I was working. <laughs> and I remember um, having just learned this new concept of contempt. And if a couple shows contempt for each other, their probability of divorce goes up. And um you know what? That wasn't, I didn't, that wasn't, that was sometime later. I'm, I'm conflating my um, timelines here. So that was sometimes later. I had still, still doing it, but it wasn't when I was first starting out. It was, you know, years into, to doing, you know, the therapy and stuff. And I remember activating what my mother had taught us about um, this curiosity concern thing. And, and I, I remember uh, telling many couples that if you find yourself falling into contempt, the antidote for that is to care, to find a new way to care. And little did I know at the time, caring is part of concern. So I wanted to just ask you, what is your wisdom smack? What is it about you, your life, your interactions with others, where you might need to employ curiosity to get um, reinterested, to, to move forward, to solve something, to get to an, a new outcome of discovery? And how are you using your concern to care about it, to be interested in it, and to remain interested in it? So that's the question I want for you to, you know, maybe consider. So guess what? My time is up and I thank you for yours. This is Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Now, if you liked this podcast or any of the others, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. And that is I want you to comment, share and like. There is even a way for you to leave me a message. And if you really like it, which I hope you do, I would ask you to consider supporting this podcast by using our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. So thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, Please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.